Greetings comrades and welcome to the eastern border. As well, not much has happened in the front since, despite Russian efforts and, um, well, everyone including Girkin being ex extremely depressive about the fact that whether or not they'll succeed, pro tip they won't, there have been um, an interesting amount of news happening out there. First of all, I had a nice little look at the whole western media and they seem to be in an opinion that, um, well, Russians gonna unleash some sort of unseen artillery and air force. If only they could. Because until I see satellite pics, I really, really wouldn't be able to, to kind of advocate for that, because where are they gonna take any? At the same time, there have been Russian loss estimates to about 40% of their battle strength and two-thirds of tanks. And that is true if you include all the battle-ready tanks they had by the beginning, they have some more that were being prepared, but in general those assessments are pretty much correct. However, there are some interesting news that are upcoming and related to all this stuff, and uh, the first news goes into our segment of You Will Love, of course, but... But finance director for Russia's Western Military District found dead. Possibly by suicide. <clears throat> and and this, is, this is the funny part. And this uh, shout out to History Impossible because we talked about government by assassination. But uh, this is from Medusa. The 58-year-old Marina Yankina, finance director for Russia's Western Military District, was found dead beneath the windows of a St. Petersburg high-rise where she lived. Apparently she had um, fallen out of a window. Now, who would have believed that? The body was discovered this morning. Local Telegram news channel suggests that Yankina called her ex-husband to let him know she was about to jump and told him she was leaving her documents and packed belongings on the balcony. <sighs> yes, well, now they're at least trying to hide, hide it somehow. Before joining the Western Military District, Yankina worked in the Federal Tax Service. Local media reports that, he, that she rose to her chief of finance position within five years of uh, joining the Western Military District and as an entry-level staff member. So, you know, if you wanted to know where the corruption happens and what happens to people who are uncomfortable, this is it. Meanwhile, in a kind of related news, because I picked them following a theme of, you know, random deaths, locals have discovered 42 fresh graves at a cemetery outside Luhansk. This was reported by BBC News Russian, and apparently, judging by the names of the inscriptions, these are the graves of Wagner Group fighters. One of the women who discovered the new burial site wondered if relatives back in Russia even knew that their loved ones were buried here. Quote, We thought, what if these people are lying here, and their families don't even know it? So we took pictures of all the graves and started posting them in groups where people search for their missing relatives. Nine people responded to her posts. None of them knew that their loved ones had been killed. They were searching for them, waiting to hear from them, she says. BBC News matched 37 inscriptions on the graves and open-source information about the deceased, including 20 court verdicts containing the same names as the grave markers outside of Luhansk. The journalists were able to get in touch with three men's families through the social media. In all three cases, family members said that their loved ones had been recruited by Wagner Group while serving time in prison. They left their places of incarceration in late August and stopped returning calls in October. Neither Wagner Group nor any other branch of the Russian military has since contacted their families. 
What's killing me is that no one told us, and it's still nothing but silence, said the mother of one of the, dece the deceased. My child was buried abroad. This is terrible. I want my son to be near me. If they won't give them back to me alive, at least bring them, bring me back the body. And that's the thing, because uh, apparently they have decided that it's just, um, just a bit of a, too much of a fuss to even get the dead bodies back to, back, back to Russia. Not like they care. I mean, I get jaded and callous, but this is a bit much. And, well, recently there's been a massive uptick also on the complaints of the mobilized about the, how they're not given, being given guns, how they're not being trained, how they're miserable. And they think it's some sort of an error. But to me, you know, I've been observing this for a long time already, and uh, that's not an error. It was planned that way. That's how Russian military works. I mean... Say what you want, but at least, you know, I've, as I've spoken to the United States military pre people and people who are veterans there, you might yell at your veterans affairs officers and anything like that, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the sheer callousness. I got into a bit of an argument on Facebook, I mean, with, with Prof. CJ from Dangerous History Podcast. He's a libertarian and an old friend of mine since the Dark Myths days when that was still active, but he's a really nice dude. I met him personally in 2018. And he was posting about how he thinks that the United States definitely blew up the Nord Stream. Nord Stream 2, that is. And he posted arguments, you know, that was conspiracy theory stuff, but I can get him, you know, the United States government has lied a lot. And... But I just went in there and said from my position, what I view, and, you know, I think Gazprom blew it up themselves to avoid penalties, and, and, Gas and that Nord Stream 2 wasn't even, you know, prepared to be launched or anything, and I have arguments about that. I have arguments involved in the building of Nord Stream 2 who have, like, fled the country, and who knew there was a massive graft and everything. And the worst part is that, you know, I'm glad that you listened to my show because, oh boy, some people just decide that, um, yeah, you know, they are more experts in this whole situation than me and just dismiss me outright. And I, I might get some things wrong, but I don't know. It's kind of hard to get through these people. You know, if I was, if I was an expert in physics, it might be easier. But uh, with, you know, history and politics, a bit different this way. And sadly, you know, I don't get any, any ads, ad money from huge corporations or anything like that. Well, uh, apparently Smith & Wesson won't advertise on my show, but... Uh, well, that's nice, but I don't know if I'll get too much money out of that. At any rate, continuing on with the news, sorry for the tangent, but it seemed kind of important to, to note this whole discrepancy between what people believe in and what Russia actually does. You know, weird. Meanwhile, and this is uh, of these nice guideline topics. The Putin administration has prepared a set of guidelines for commemorating the anniversary of invading Ukraine. I spoke about this uh, a while ago, I mean, when they were just, uh, sh you know, shilling off uh, how people should go there and how they, um, you know, should participate and be the mass of the people who are all supporting Ukraine for, like, 500 rubles, which is, like, 6 euros 40. It's weird. The mass section, dubbed the Heroes of Our Time, will take place across Russia's regions on February 20th to 24th and is designed to celebrate the Russian military involved in the full-scale invasion, which Russia continues to call a special military operation, although sometimes it's war, but you never know. Sources in several regions have told uh, the Russian news outlet RBC about some of the Kremlin-proposed activities as part of the celebration, and uh, guys, if you're like standing, and ladies, of course, if you're standing, please sit down. This is going to be an um, interesting thing there. 
because this might, uh, well, shock you a bit more than usual. Participants can line up into star shapes, resembling the Heroes Star state decoration, and record videos in front of war memorials. The guidelines also encourage creating urban murals celebrating the Russian troops and their heroism in Ukraine. The instructions also list ideas for arts and crafts workshops, trench candle making, knitting socks and mittens for the Russian troops on the front line, and sewing retro tobacco pouches embroidered with slogans like Onward Towards Victory. And apparently, of course, these handmade gifts will later then be sent to the combat zone. Other activities will include school children's meetings with the veterans of Russia's various wars, of whom, you know, not many are still living, but no one really cares about that, concerts at hospitals where injured Russian troops are being treated, and organized letter writing with warm and sincere wishes for the military on the front line. And of course, they'll pay you to do all this stuff. Nothing, but still. The centerpiece of the planned commemoration will be a rally at the Moscow Luzhnik Stadium attended by Vladimir Putin. But that's the thing, I don't believe Putin will attend this. Because so far in the war, I've seen two Putins. And I mean, yell at me what you want, but I do believe that kind of, if not exactly duplicates, then very well uh, grimmed, you know, make, made up people who are made to look Putin are definitely real. because. There's a Putin in church, and we have videos on that, where he's afraid to even let the, the, the priest come towards him, and he's sitting at this huge table, and he's avoiding everything. And then there's a Putin that looks quite different, and is sitting, and is sitting in the huge crowd. Oh, no, no, Putin's just too paranoid about this. And then, finally, we also have had some news about this paranoia situation when, uh, you know, turns out from leaks that have been going out I was happy. I was sent this Medusa and Michael Naki, and we're all into this, and some other media as well. Apparently, Putin's not been using his plane for a long while already, starting since 21st of February last year. He's using his armored train, which is well, well hidden and everything. I won't go into details about how his train is being hidden, but uh, he's a very paranoid man. He's not even using planes to travel around Russia. He's not appearing in public. He's using like body doubles and whatever. And uh, yeah, all his speeches. I mean. When I started the show on episode 21, when I made uh, an episode about how Putin might actually be dead and how he has like a ton of body doubles, that was treated as a first April joke, but then I understood that his body doubles, no, they definitely must be real. And I've got into a lot of trouble about that episode. Now it seems I'm more and more right. And about the bunkers? Yeah, well, that's an interesting thing. Recently, some diggers, you know, if you played Metro or Stalker, the guys who go, out, go in in the abandoned buildings in the old, old underground of Moscow Metro... Yeah, they've been arrested and sentenced to years in prison because they hit some um, hidden objects there, you know, zones where they shouldn't be. And Putin's building his bunkers all over the country. He has more than one, and he's hiding the exact location of all of them. But everyone around locally knows where they are at this point, and we have documentation and video from them even. And they're not like simple bunkers. No, they're building their ultimate train network through this whole situation. It's weird how much money he's spending on being, being ultra-paranoid. So now, if you see a Putin in public and, and meeting openly and not being, you know, hiding in his cave or something, that's not the real Putin. At this point, I'm fairly sure of that because we have, uh, we have a lot of evidence of this and documentation because it would just make no sense. While, well, this man is demanding that his mobilized, 
who truly believe his ideas, so they truly make up these videos, you know, stating that uh, it must be an error, we're not supplied, are we truly be sent to the front lines and die? Yeah, you are, that's the feature of the system, not a bug. Putin himself is hiding somewhere in the background and Ramzan Kadyrov's doing what he wants and same with Prigozhin. Yet again, I just see more and more evidence about how cowardly and sneaky and weird all this even is. Just bizarre. And then they're, like I said, like I mentioned in the previous episode, they're paying this six euro forty amount of money to people. This is a surreal reality. We're just hoping that, you know, at least here, we're, I'm, I'm hoping that this war will be soon over with the Ukrainian victory, of course. And that's kind of it for the news today, but I wanted to say to people who uh, haven't listened to the you know previous episode or haven't watched the show notes, yeah, I've been informed that there's a problem with Apple Podcasts, and that's because of their update, which miscommunicates in their Bart communication with Acast, which is the feed that I use to, you know, th- there's a feed for Patreon, feed for the Eastern Border homepage. By the way, if you want to become our patron, go to patreon.com slash Eastern Border, or, you know, go to our homepage, the Eastern Border LV, and for one time donation, listen, stop there. But on, a- on, on Apple Podcasts, apparently uh, my podcast will not upload, or will upload very late, and then it's going to be sporadic, and it's just bizarre. And the only response that I got from, from Acast and Apple was the fact that, hey, you know, just tell your listeners to go check out another podcast app. So I'm doing just that. I'm, I'm sorry about that, folks. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit weird. Can't do anything about it. It's just that, you know, been, been, a bit of, been, a, been a bit of a bad streak and I'm slightly nervous as well. I figured, you know, as um, I'm waiting for all the documentation, and I've been, I've been telling you, I'm gonna go back to Ukraine soon. I'm trying, I'm trying my best to go back to Ukraine. Sadly, it's not as simple because a bit of a personal chain was lost there when I lost my can- contacts into that, into that crash. But um, one thing that I can do, and I'm thinking about it, is that I will probably do a fundraiser for the heavily wounded Ukrainian soldiers because they exist and they, they need a lot of specific meds, and I heard. My mentor from the Russian side, Alexander Nevzor, I'm talking about this, how they like this. So I will find a good charity. I'll, I'll find someone that I can trust. And then then we'll maybe do a bit of a run fundraiser because, you know, if you've given your all to your homeland, I, I think I think people should support you because we're always on the side of, of justice, you know. But yeah, that's about it. And I am... Um, I still want, want more news about everything, but the whole Russian counteroffensive, so to speak, it just blew up because, like I said, it seems that they've actually used, utilized, would be a better statement, most of their available resources in this whole thing. So that's about it. Sorry for the short tip, but hey, trying to keep you updated and fresh. If um, something new happens, we'll let you know. Well, there's another massive rocket attack at uh, Ukraine, but at this point, those happen very often. I'll, I'll report with the news of the casualties. And up until later, and as always, happiness is mandatory.